If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, welcome back to On Deck Episode 5. I'm Bill, that's Lloyd. This is a show all about the Steam Deck. It comes out about every two weeks, give or take, depending on what the news is. Uh, we're going to start with a bunch of comments from you, and then we're going to talk about the news. Lloyd, yeah. how's it going, man? Oh, dude, it's going, it's, 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 I feel lighter for some reason. I'm not really sure why, <laughs> but it's like I lost five or ten pounds just like in a split second. It's the weirdest thing. It's it's hilarious because in episode one I had a full beard. Episode two I shaved my my beard off, and right. now we're at episode five. I got my beard back, and Lloyd decides to shave his off. Although his beard was a lot more epic. It was. I wish I was recording when I turned on, like when we called each other right. for this, because when I saw him, like I screamed out an expletive it it surprised me so much and then i basically just giggled for a while yep. not because of how he looks but because of how shocked i was yeah although let's be honest look at him it's pretty funny i'm just kidding <laughs> all right let's talk it's about your comments if you haven't already leave a comment down below as you're listening to the show things that you want us to talk about steam deck related in the future uh or any questions that you have and maybe they will make it to a future episode. We're going to start today with John Sandlin. Uh, they they sent this. They said people need to. Re- oh, they, well, basically, last episode we talked about why 4K, why why they didn't try and squeeze 4K into a small device like this. And John Sandlin uh, was kind of parroting the things that we were saying. And I really I really appreciate that he clearly gets it. He said people need to remember what it takes to run games at 4K. Look at the size of the video cards requires. With their heat sinks, the video cards are nearly as large as the Steam Deck all by themselves. Plus, they use 200 plus watts at full power. Imagine the size of the battery to drive that. The Steam Deck, the Switch, and any other handhelds have to accommodate the power, device size, and heat dissipation for all the components inside the device to include the video system. That's the thing, like, they said it very, very succinctly. And, it, you know, it's a little easier when you're writing things down because you, you can edit. But they said what we kind of meander about saying very, very succinctly. You cannot squeeze more power into something this small because of physics. That's just yep. the way it works. Right, Lloyd? A hundred percent. The the more the, the more that you push the system, the hotter it gets, the more that you need thermals to take that heat away so that the CPU and GPU can run at their optimal speeds, uh, that they don't hit their temperature threshold and then throttle down. Uh, you gotta, you got to also think about a 720p display. I know this is 800p technically, but 720p is just easy to say. Between a 720p and a 4K display, there's about about nine times as many pixels. So mm-hmm. so now you're asking the GPU to take, um, to, to take account of those extra pixels. Which is easy. That's fine. Having extra extra addressable memory space for the graphics card, that's easy. But then your game is going to look like trash if you're using 720p textures in a 4K game. So now you have to add 
4K textures and, and models with more polygons and greater draw distance and more grass and more ferns and more smoke and more blood, and more this and that. Because your 4K, it, the, the palette or the, or sorry, the canvas is so much bigger. So it's not only just the pixel size and the heat, it's also what goes into a 4K game compared to a 720p game. There's just the assets are that much bigger. So um, there, there's all sorts of issues that would prevent 4K from running really well on a portable device like this. Currently, I'm sure in the next generation of processors, they can push more performance. They can get screens that will operate nicely, uh, variable refresh rate or whatever. It'll be possible. But yeah, right now, 4K, definitely not going to happen. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people... And maybe I'm wrong about this, but a lot of people just don't understand what 4K is. Like, they are just like, oh, okay, well, I know that when I watch a movie, it's at 4K. I know that when I I, I do this, it's a 4K thing. Yeah. I want everything to be that higher number. A higher number is better. That's what most people uh, believe. And right. yes, if they had a higher resolution display in the Steam Deck, would it... It, all other limitations aside, would it look better? Yes, it would. Yeah. However, there's so many trade-offs that come along with that that it's it's something that you don't actually want. It takes me back. Um, like there's a lot of times that people scream and clamor for things that they want, and then they get it, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want this. <laughs> like this isn't what I want." Right. Because they didn't understand all of the trade-offs that come along with getting that thing that you really, really wanted. Yep, a hundred percent. Speaking of trade-offs, and this is one I, I have to, maybe Lloyd knows more about, but uh, Mr. Dead Man Walken uh, mm. won because he was the first one. Uh, they said this, and this is very interesting. They said, I don't know about 4K, but an OLED screen would have been a nice touch for the deeper, darker blacks. And, I mean, yeah. the Switch, um, they're, they're coming out with the OLED model on the like a month. 7th of next month, I think it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's early on that uh, in that month. Uh, very excited for Metroid Dread on there, by the way. But they're coming out with an OLED switch, which for those of you that don't know, OLED has much, much darker blacks. And my understanding, and I may be misunderstanding this, is because with LCD, every pixel is turned on. And with OLED, they only turn on the pixels if they actually need to light those things. And so it allows you to have darker, uh, darker, dark colors. And it, it makes the contrast ratio a lot better. Am I right about that so far, Lloyd? Yeah. It, uh, the way that I describe it to people, and I might be a little bit off. I haven't really looked into monitor technology for a while, but back when I was really interested in it and talking with friends, the, the real difference between like LCD or LED is that you have to have a, a light-emitting device behind it for the most part to kind of mm -hmm. light light the screen. OLED produces their own light. So you can have one spot that is really bright on your screen, and then right beside it are blacks, where if you have an LED, you could have one spot that is really bright on your screen, but you get some bleed around it. So it's not as crisp, mm -hmm. and you get more kind of like muddy grays uh, around bright objects instead of true, true black. Um, think of like back in the day when you had plasma, plasma screens, super heavy, super hot, but you had blacks were blacks, whites were, were bright, um, and, and everything in between looked really good. OLED is kind of like that, but with much better technology than the plasma screens. 
Yeah, and I, I agree. I would love to see OLED. My wonder is, does it draw more power? Uh, and I don't know, but because I don't, I don't really care. I just play on whatever happens to be in front of me. But right. um, does it draw more power? Is that the reason that they did it? Is it more expensive or is it less reliable? I remember I was watching a YouTube video um, and the, the person was talking about as you scale up the size of a screen with OLED, it gets harder and harder. And maybe I'm wrong about this because this is from memory and I didn't plan on talking about this video. But they said as you scale up the size of a screen, it gets harder and harder for OLED to be reliable and maybe that's the reason why we don't have OLED. But it also, it also, I, I saw like they just announced the 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 new iPhones and MKBHD, who if you don't know, he's a great YouTuber, a tech YouTuber. Uh, he said these are five things, or maybe it was three things that they left out of the iPhone 13, whatever. And like maybe that's what's happening here. Maybe Valve is intentionally leaving some stuff out of the uh, Steam Deck so that people will need to upgrade to the next one when they bring that out in a couple of years. I don't think that they would need to do that because PC gaming is going to force people to need to upgrade hardware, but maybe OLED's one of those things. Maybe when the next one comes out, they're like, and now it's got an OLED screen, and now it's got the right Thunderbolt port so that you can use uh, external GPUs when it's docked. Like, And now it's got this, and now it's got that. So maybe it's one of those things. Thoughts, Lloyd? Yeah, 100%. And it also, it might just be a technology thing where they want to do variable refresh rate or something. OLED is much better for a variable refresh rate because it's one-to-one pixel uh, communication. I want pixel 7,143 to be on. Okay, it's on. It doesn't bother the ones around it. So when you're doing variable refresh rate and you're only updating parts of the screen, uh, OLED works really well in that instance, but you have to have a really good uh, video controller to, to make all that stuff work. Um, that's where like the the iPhones, not the first phone, uh, iPhone 13, not the first phone to have like 120 hertz and variable refresh rate, but the way that they're doing it is a very intelligent way to do it. And the technology they needed, I guess they had to wait for it. Similar to what's happening <laughs> that's here. That's what they tell us anyway. That's what they tell us. A <laughs> uh, similar thing for, for the Steam Deck. They want to get it at the... Um, the, uh, I don't know, un, the, the super attractive to people that are maybe not huge gamers price point of like $399, uh, but then in the future, maybe they can come up with a uh, a Steam Deck Ultra that has like a crazy huge OLED screen and faster CPU and, and stuff down the road. It gives them, it gives them room to kind of expand a little bit. Yeah. All right, let's move on to this comment from the Martin Fi. Uh, hopefully I said that correctly, the Martin Fi. Uh, They said, uh, I asked, what do you want us to talk about in future episodes? And they replied, uh, we do reply, we we do read every single reply that you guys post. We may not actually reply to all of them, but we do see each and every one. Uh, They said, I'd love to see more discussions about Proton on the Steam Deck. I personally use Arch Linux, Linux, or is it Arc Linux? I don't know how to say it. Uh, as my daily OS on my desktop. And Proton has been amazing for running Windows games on Linux. But sometimes you need a bit of tweaking with Proton to get the games running properly. As a tech enthusiast myself, I don't mind that, but I really hope it won't be necessary for the users who come into the Steam Deck not wanting to, nor having the knowledge on how to tweak settings to get the games running on Linux. It would be nice to hear your thoughts on this. First off, thanks to Martin Five for the, the, the well-thought-out comment. 
this is really important to me because I, while I, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm a tech wizard or whatever, but I'm pretty good. And a lot of times when I sit down and if I have to mess around with the settings on a game, usually I will lose interest very quickly because I have like a tiny, tiny little attention span. Um, if, if I have to tweak settings and figure out how a game is going to work, that is going to be an incredibly disappointing experience for me. And I think that um, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think a majority of the people who are excited about the Steam Deck are people who are not really interested in doing all of that. Because if you're interested in doing all of that, you probably already have a pretty powerful PC. And that's not to say that anybody who has a powerful PC or is interested in that doesn't want the Steam Deck. I'm just saying I think most people are more along the lines of they just want to play a game. What are your thoughts on this, Lloyd? Uh it's it's interesting. I one of the things that I wanted to do over the last little bit and I couldn't find some hard, I couldn't find hardware that would allow me to do it is I want to get an an older machine that I have and I want to run Arc Linux on it so that I could see kind of how Proton works, how booting PC games on on the Linux works. Um but I I don't have like my PC that I use for recording and podcasting and streaming and gaming. That would be the perfect system for it because it's got a fast uh GPU in it. But I don't want to install Linux on it because it's my daily driver for all the stuff that I do. Um, yeah. So I, it probably wouldn't be a good experience. But anyway, that's a long story for, yeah, I, I'm sure that um, every game isn't going to run perfectly because of Proton. Um, and there is going to be some tweaking r- involved. I hope that Steam does a lot of the heavy lifting, say like the top thousand games that everybody plays based on playtime. Make sure that those games run really well on Steam Deck and you'll probably be okay. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I, I, I'm a type of person that could get in there and tweak because I know what a lot of that stuff means because I've been in the PC industry and in the computer industry for a while, but my day job is doing computer support and networking and system administration and all this computer stuff. So the last thing that I want to do is get home and then have to go into INI files and tweak things and set drivers and all that crazy stuff. So I, I hope that Valve does um, its due diligence, which I'm sure they will. That's the type of company that they are, and make sure that all the games that I'm going to want to play are going to work out of the out of the box. Uh, because I'm not, I don't have any deep cuts. I want to play kind of what everybody else wants to play on the system, and I'm sure they're going to have a lot of time to tweak those things so that I don't have to tweak things um, with uh, Proton uh, on the device. And it wasn't just Martin, the Martin Fi that was thinking about this. Uh, we had a we. I didn't mean we. I mean we, as in the Steam Deck fans out there or hopefuls, I guess, because maybe it'll come out and be a, a dumpster fire. No, nobody knows yet. Um, all some some people do know more on that later. Mm. Uh, but IGN had an interview which you've all seen, uh, where they were talking to Pierre Luc Griffay. Sorry if I butchered your name, man. Uh, and this is what he said. Uh, I'm quoting him. He said, this is the first time we've achieved the level of performance that is required to really run the latest generations of games without problems. All the games we wanted to be playable is really the entire Steam library. We wouldn't, we haven't really found something we could throw at this device that it couldn't handle. To which a lot of people, myself included, uh, th- thought along the lines of that means that 
pretty much my entire Steam library is going to work on this thing. Yep. Now, um, over on Boiling Steam, there was it's a, which is a podcast. They were talking to James Ram- Ramsey, uh, James Ramey, sorry, of Code Weavers. Uh, and if you don't know who that is, uh, Code Weavers is basically they're the people behind Wine, which is a huge part of Proton, which is why uh, I'm, I'm including this with what um, with, with this comment. He said, "Well, I don't necessarily think." That is true because not every game runs on Proton as of today. And he's basically referring or or replying to this uh, comment from Pierre-Luc Griffay. So, long story short, that seems like like, um, Code Weavers and Steam are at odds with each other about whether or not your entire Steam library is going to run. and. My initial reaction was, oh, my entire library is going to run. And then I thought, (laughs) well, that's ridiculous. There's no way that all of the games that I have, I've got like 400 some games. I'm sure that I have some games that just are not going to run on this particular thing. And of course, there's people that bring up things like, you know, we've got um, uh, DRM and you've got things like anti-cheat software. And Valve has had answers to that. They said, we're working on that. Don't worry about that. That's not going to be the issue. But there's still going to be games that aren't going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, anti-cheat is the thing that kind of um, worries me the most about this device because there's a lot of games that if you run the game and then you change something in your computer and run the game again, it's like, hey, wait a second, what did you do here? Uh, Last time that we played, things look different, and they'll flag some things. Most modern games don't really do that, but I remember back, um, like the Windows XP era, uh, you'd have not only your OS would would fall apart if you changed a hard drive or or added more RAM, sometimes games wouldn't run properly because of that, because of the weird anti-cheat stuff that they were doing themselves. So Mm -hmm. I'm really kind of concerned about that. Uh, the good thing is that most of the biggest games will be tested. They'll work. And yeah. and the stuff that they learned from doing uh, the cyberpunks and the um, what uh, Call of Duties and all the other like large bombastic games, hopefully they can take a lot of that knowledge and push it down. What I'm really hopeful, uh, hoping for, rather, is that um, Valve will make Proton 10 times as good as it is already and then just release that back into the community and, and then... Linux gaming is going to be better across all devices that use Linux, not just the Steam Deck. Um, but yeah, there's there's going to probably be games that are on Steam that use some weird, crazy controller configuration that won't work with uh, the Steam Deck or that they only work with this uh, crazy like Russian keyboard or something like there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be stuff there that is going to be like super oddball. Uh, and sure, when you have. 50,000 games on your service, there's going to be a few that are going to fall through the cracks, but I'm pretty confident that most stuff is going to work, provided they can get anti-cheat working with that Proton compatibility layer uh, so that modern games don't just start banning people or just not running. Yeah, Uh, I I feel like James Ramey was looking at that quote uh, from Pierre-Lou Griffay and, and basically saying, well, he's talking about the ability of the hardware to run, like, technically that game. Yep not whether or not that game would be actually running on the Steam Deck itself on its separate operating system, that kind of thing. But then uh, you had somebody like Lawrence Yang who kind of replied 
to this again, and they said something we said earlier on is that we want the entire library to work. And this is uh, talking to PC Gamer. Lawrence Yang was was talking to PC Gamer. And he said, and if it doesn't work, we see that as a bug and we want to fix it. So, like, he's still there. Like, Valve is still saying, we want your entire library to work. And if it's not working, we're going to step in and do something about it, which is really, really cool. PC Gamer then replied, they said, well, if we just pick a random 12-year-old game and say, would that work? And Yang said, yes. Yes, it would. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, only time is going to tell with this. We have to wait until some of you are going to find out in December, and I hate you for it. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to find out quarter one. Uh, and Lloyd, you're quarter one as well? Uh, yeah, Q1. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I checked this morning. I'm still quarter one, uh, <laughs> which makes me really, really sad. But yeah. some of you are going to find out in December. Uh, please let us know. As yeah. soon as you find out, if you can find a game that doesn't run on Steam, or, um, Steam Deck. Yep. Uh, I want to know. And, and one thing I want to add is, I know, I know, Proton isn't an emulator. We we understand the technology, but emulators are a very easy topic to get into people's heads. So I can remember back when uh, NES emulation was new. Not every ROM would run because they had to find out what didn't work and then fix it. And and that happens with modern emulators like Mame that emulates all sorts of computer hardware from the arcades and computers and uh, gambling machines. Well, you might have a specific, um, like, CPS... API call? Well, you have CPS2, which is a Capcom arcade board. They use the same system for a lot of their arcade games. Not every game would run at, at the start, even though they had 100% emulation of all the cores that went into that system, because there's unforeseen things. So I'm sure with Steam Deck... With Proton, there's going to be some unforeseen things. There might be this weird API call that someone is using that really isn't used anymore, but Windows still accepts it. Um, They're going to have to say, okay, we're going to have to take that into account. We're going to have to patch Proton and make this stuff work. The good thing is I don't know how many developers are actually actively contributing to Proton as an open source thing. But now you have everybody that works at Valve. You have all the devs that are like high-end engine engineers at different publishers that take like whatever the, the newest engine is and work and port it to another piece of hardware, like from the PlayStation 4 to the Xbox Series X. And, and, and they're really smart at that engine stuff. Well, now they're going to start seeing issues and then they can start uh, putting patches out into Proton and making Proton better for everything. So hopefully every patch that is done that way is going to make all these old forgotten games that have been in Steam for 15 years, um, they'll, they'll just start working because of other patches that developers are doing. Yeah, and, and you also, I mean, sure, maybe Game X hasn't been updated for, for five years, six years, 10 years, whatever. Um, maybe that's the case. But there's a lot of excitement around yeah. the Steam Deck. And we've already seen some tweets, which we'll talk about uh, later on. Uh, But I can see a dev who released a game a while back saying, you know what? I bet that I could get, I could probably make some money by doing not a lot of work. Right. To make sure that, that my game is, is running really, really well on the steam deck and then tweet out about it and kind of get in on the bandwagon and make a bunch of sales where otherwise my super old game probably isn't really in the zeitgeist these days, but I can kind of coattail along the back of the steam deck and, you know, get, get a little more attention that way. So even like 
you've got Valve working on it. You've got the all the big publishers working on 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 this stuff. You've got everybody who's already working on Proton, and then you've got all of these other developers that are going to try and and pull a coattail. I think that I think that Proton is in good hands, and this is probably the best thing for Linux gaming, like ever, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's move on to the next comment. This one comes from Michael. They said, "Are we going to be able to put?" a usual letter case password and or button password to protect both our Steam account and our Steam Deck in case it gets lost or stolen. If it's a usual letters and numbers password, would we enter it on the touchscreen with the sticks and buttons or with the touchpads like with the Steam controller? Uh, so thank you very much for the comment, Michael. That's a, that's a good thing to think about because yeah. you don't want somebody to walk up, pick up your Steam Deck, turn it on, and not have to sign in. Right. Uh, and like if I sit down at my Xbox, I put in a little code on my on my controller and it logs me in. Uh, my son puts in his code. It logs him in. Like everybody's got these different uh, passcodes to get in on the Xbox. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that other consoles work basically the same way. Not the Switch. Um, but. <laughs> It's 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 important to keep that stuff separated. I can't like as somebody who does a Nintendo podcast, I've had a lot of people in our in our Discord community complain that like their kids are deleted their save or something because <laughs> right. they they couldn't separate everything with passcodes. That's a really really important thing. I really hope that that's the case. And you know, it, as far as the question that Michael said, is it going to be you know, this, that, or the other thing, probably whichever one you want. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be everything. I didn't even think about this before Michael uh, dropped that comment. And yeah, that's that's a hugely important thing um, because you, you've heard stories of people that leave their Switch out and their kids log in and then they buy $1,000 in, in, in foot uh, <laughs> packs to open in FIFA, right? We don't want that on, on the Steam Deck, uh, especially when it gives you access to every every game in your library, plus all the cards that you have uh, uh, basically saved with Steam, uh, you lose your Steam Deck and someone racks up a $2,000 bill buying all the latest and greatest games would be terrible. Um, the good thing is Valve was really early um, with two-factor authentication, um, with um, having different passwords, with locking things down, with password-protecting profiles, having family profiles that uh, block all the mature-rated stuff, if that's what you want. So I'm sure all that stuff will be baked in. Um, I, I would assume that it'll have some sort of wake-up thing where you have to enter some button combination to get into the the deck, kind of like what the Nintendo Switch does, to prevent uh, it banging around in your bag and turning on and then wasting all your battery. I'm sure at least mm -hmm. something like that will be there. Uh, but I would be very surprised if there isn't some way to do either two-factor authentication, um, either you get like a ping on your phone or something, uh, to uh, authorize purchases on on this device because I, I think they're going to want to treat it maybe a little bit different than just running a Steam client on a PC. But again, they, they want this to be Steam on a portable device. So maybe it'll just operate the exact same way as it does on the PC. Uh, time will tell. I will say that Steam Guard was really cool when it first came out, but we, things have gotten a lot better. Yeah. And every time that I have to open up my Steam app on my phone in order to use Steam Guard, I'm annoyed. I wish because because like it's like 13 taps to get to Steam Guard basically. <laughs> right. I wish that it was a separate app. Like Steam Guard should be a separate app from the Steam um uh app on my phone so that I just hit that button, 
use face ID or touch ID or whatever uh, authentication that you you do mm-hmm. on your phone, and then it shows me the code. Or even yeah. better, instead of showing me a code, just show me a button. Like, I I can't remember which, um, I think it might be uh, Blizzard, where they they pop up on your screen that you're trying to you're trying to use blizzard on and it says here's your code qxwv or whatever and then you look at your phone and it says somebody's trying to log in with this code qxwv and you're like oh right. yeah that's me one button approve yeah instead of having to look at a code and then type it in like i think that yeah. that's the better way of doing it um I just I hope Steam Guard gets updated. This is a complete aside and doesn't really have anything in impacting the Steam Deck, but it's what I was thinking of. Yeah, uh, we use uh, we use an app uh, at work because we have a VPN and uh, because of work from home and all that stuff. Uh, so work unveiled uh, or un, I, I guess uh, rolled out uh, Authy support, which is just an app on your phone. Uh, but the really nice thing the, the the really nice thing with Authy compared to some other two factor authentication apps is they send you a push notification and it's a yes or no thing. Uh, and it even comes with my Apple Watch, so I'll get a notification. I just tap yes, and I've logged in. I don't have to enter a code. I don't have to go into the Google Authenticator or anything like that. Something like that would be really, really amazing. Hopefully, they can bake that in because they don't want to make using a, mo- a portable device a hassle. They don't want you to be tied to a PC to find a code or go to a website to use a portable device because that defeats the whole entire purpose. So hopefully, they'll they'll figure this out, and I'm I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm sure that they will. All right, let's move on to our last comment of the day. This one comes from Elect Jack, and it's a long one. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yeah. Um, basically, they're replying to the way that we talked about the the Steam Deck because we are coming to the Steam Deck from a console user's perspective, although we also understand the the PC user's perspective, which is why I say that the Steam Deck is different things two different people um and maybe multiple things to to some to some people because i can see a million different ways that the steam deck is appealing which is why it's blowing up right now right uh and and some of those people are really excited because it's very very console like but here's uh here's what elect jack one i like that name by the way uh, he's the first one. Uh, he said, the only reason it bothers me when it's called a console is that it's just another sign of people do not know the history of the platform. The defining characteristic of a PC as established by IBM when they created it is that it's an open platform with access to the BIOS in, in which any software and hardware can be created and or installed that supports the platform. And I, I totally, totally get that. You want to? Do you have anything you want to add here before we? Yeah. Before I give my my thoughts. For sure. Yeah. No. We're Bill and I. We're we're old. Um. I I used an eight oh eighty six when it first came out <laughs> at school. Like I I've been using PC compatibles. Uh. When PCs first came out, they weren't meant to be uh, used by other companies, but mm-hmm. because they were able to quickly put in their own BIOS and uh and and make it work. Um. We we got the PC compatible craze, even though that wasn't how they were initially designed. Uh, I get all that stuff. I understand. The The reason why I call the Steam Deck a console is because the defining characteristics of a console are se- same hardware for every single person that is running it. So my PS4 is the same as your PS4 is the same as Bob's PS4. You might have a different controller or whatever, but the base hardware mm-hmm. is always the same. 
that can't be said about a PC. If if Bill buys a, an HP laptop and I buy the exact same HP laptop, but mine comes from Canada and his in, his is in the US, components could be different, software could be different, accessories could be different. Even though they're their exact same model number because they're sold in different parts of the world. I could have a French keyboard because I'm in Canada. He could have a Spanish keyboard because he he lives in Texas. Uh and 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 maybe they're selling it there because it's close to the border. Like there's all these differences that happen in same hardware from the same manufacturer. So you can't even target a compact ABC one two three uh, as being the same from every person that's using it because it's gonna be different. So that's why for me, I come to the Steam Deck as it's a console. Developers are going to be able to target it specifically, and they're going to know that my Steam Deck is the same as Bill's Steam Deck. Bill might have a USB-C hub and have 18 controllers hooked into it and uh, powering a USB fan, and uh, he, might have, <laughs> he might have pedals, and he might have all this crazy input stuff. But the base hardware is going to be the same for him. If he unplugs that thing from the top of his, of his deck... His deck is going to be the same as my deck. And and that's why, for me, it's more of a console experience that developers can specifically target and optimize their code to run on one piece of hardware. Not every single piece of hardware it's running on is going to be different. So that's kind of yeah. why I'm going at it that way. I 100% understand that it is a PC. You can install Windows. You can, you can format the hard drive and have a, a boat anchor if you want. You can do whatever the heck you want to this device. But for a developer, it's more of a console because it's it's a specific piece of hardware they can target. They know that each of the Steam Decks are going to be exactly the same hardware-wise. They might have some accessories, but the base hardware is going to be exactly the same. Right, and the and the developers are going to want to target that. And it, yep. a, a perfect example of this is um, at BFOD uh, on Twitter, who is the developer behind... QOP, which is this weird game where you use the Q, the W, the O, and the P buttons on your keyboard in order to try and run. Uh, it was forever ago when that came out, and I never made it more than like a meter <laughs> before <laughs> like my character fell down. Face plant. Uh, it's it's crazy. And then they also made this really cool game, which I never wanted to play because I looked at it and I said, "Well, that looks really frustrating." And it was called Getting Over It, where you were apparently a torso in a barrel using a giant hammer to climb over things, which right. is a bizarro thing, but it is amazing to like, I've watched some streams on Twitch. It's amazing yep. what people can do with that game. Uh, but they tweeted out this image here of their, their dev kit for the steam deck. They got a dev kit and some, and first off, it's awesome to see these things in the wild. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but one of the things that, that, Somebody asked uh, BFOD, um, they said, I'm curious what a dev kit is needed for. Is it just to test performance on the device or see if the software plays nice with SteamOS? And Bennett replied, yeah, I think a lot of new games will want to fine tune performance on it. That's what I'll want to do anyway. That kind of thing doesn't happen when you are talking about a PC. And yes, the Steam Deck is a PC. We right. get it. But it's it's more than just a PC. And it's more than just a console. It's this weird, yeah. strange amalgamation of both. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's its its own new category, in my opinion, which is 
incredibly interesting to me. Uh, but, you know, the idea that devs have a dev kit, you don't have a dev kit when it comes to PC games. We have a dev kit for the Steam Deck because it is specific hardware that devs can target. And yep. because of that, you're going to have a really good experience as you'll you probably will the games look as beautiful as they do on your $3500 PC of course not <laughs> but for those of you that don't want to buy a $3500 PC or you don't want to build your own nonsense yep this thing seems like the the way to go I think I'm going to call the Steam Deck a peanut butter and jelly sandwich now because you said it's it's a PC and it's a console, so it's a peanut butter sandwich, it's a jelly sandwich, but it's more than that. It's together and it's a tasty tasty snack for everybody. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I think <laughs> I, have I, a I question. Need, I think I need to workshop out that. There, I need to workshop that a little a bit. A jelly sandwich, I'm just sure, jelly. I'm no, sure. you, without peanut butter, <laughs> what is wrong with you people? I I don't, <laughs> but I'm sure there's people. I I put jelly on toast. That's an open face sandwich, isn't it? That's different. It's it's <laughs> toasted. <laughs> all right. This week in sandwiches. All right. Thank you, everybody who left a comment. We do read them all. Um, leave a comment down below. What do you want us to talk about on the show? What are your thoughts about what we talk about on this show as well? Let's move on to the other tweets of dev kits that are out there. First off, we've got uh, Bennett from QOP and getting over it. We've got this one from Tabletop Simulator. For those of you that don't know, uh, Lloyd and I play D and D um, not every week, but you know every few weeks. And we do. We used to use. We used to do it over Tabletop Simulator. Since then, we moved on to Foundry because it's really more focused on Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and we do uh, stream that uh, here on our our YouTube channel, but. Um, tabletop simulator is amazing and they tweeted yes. out got our steam deck just in time for the weekend exciting to see what tabletop simulator can do on the steam deck i gotta say like when we were playing um when we were playing D D through tabletop simulator and i'm the dm so i log into the game a lot when nobody else is there just because i'm building stuff i was building stuff in there and i grabbed my steam controller and i had tried it out and it was really cool like the the control setting that I had found uh, to just be able to zoom around the table and look at the different stuff. It was really, really amazing. Uh, I will say this. When playing Tabletop Simulator, I would have like tons and tons and tons of things that I had put on our table to play D&D. And uh, like one of our players has not like the best internet connection. And he, he also, I, I think his computer's pretty, another player doesn't have like the most powerful computer. And both of them were like, woof, man, I'm getting <laughs> frame rate ish. And Lloyd was streaming it out uh, to like, he's streaming and playing at the same time. Uh, and you were having frame rate issues as well. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. The uh, the Steam Deck is not the most powerful hardware no. out there. So tabletop but, simulator running some of the stuff that I put on on there, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> but it is 720p, and so when That's I was true. streaming, when I was streaming the the way that I was doing it, and, and this is a side, it, it doesn't talk to the Steam Deck at all. But I'm powering a 4K monitor in front of me. I'm powering a 1080p monitor because I had two views of the action. I'm recording uh, OBS. I'm streaming OBS. My computer was heavily taxed, and I had to take my system and basically turn the graphics all the way down to like super low for it to work in that instance. Well, I'm not going to be doing that on my Steam Deck, 
but That's I am true. but I'm going to have a 10 a 720p screen a 720p uh, world that I'm going to be exploring. So I think it would work really good. I I never like of all the games I thought of playing when I get my deck, uh, Tabletop Simulator wasn't one of them. But now I think it will be because I know uh, some of my buddies they got on uh, every every weekend or so to play board games on Tabletop Simulator. I I don't always want to come down to my office at like. Mm-hmm. 11 o'clock at night to join a game because it's just too late but if i can just go in my bag pull up my steam deck and jump in with them that's going to be fantastic um yeah tabletop simulator is is a great use case for the steam deck and i can't wait to mess around with it absolutely like i can imagine hopping on a discord call and just playing a like we, and we've done this a few times where one of our D players had to bow out for some reason and we were just like well let's just play poker instead and we would all sit around tabletop simulator on discord and play poker uh and it's not the most taxing thing but it's really really fun and it it, like i'm i'm just excited i'm excited for all of the games that i'm going to be able to play anywhere i want that's the thing it's just so convenient to sit down with this device in your hands and be able to play it anywhere that you are you don't have to worry about anything. It's just going to work as long as you already have the game downloaded. And yep. that's really cool. And then for the games that you that you might not want to download, you have Stadia, you have yeah. Luna, yeah. you have GeForce Now, you have Xbox Cloud Gaming, you have another thing that I'm not thinking of. Like you've got all <laughs> of these different ways that you can play games on this one device yeah. that is portable and you can throw in a backpack. That is incredibly appealing, which is why different things to different people. You know what people have been asking for forever, Bill? Well, not forever, but since the game came out, that is a uh, console version of World of Warcraft. Well, now you have a console version of World of Warcraft. You just run run it Mm -hmm. on your Steam Deck. Like all these experiences that I've wanted to have before on a console, because I'm a console game player, because the last thing I want to do is tweak when I get home from a day's worth of tweaking computer stuff. I can now play them on a portable device on air quotes console. Um, I, I'm super excited just to check out all the use cases that I can't even think of right now, but are going to make total sense when I start getting into my playing on my deck and 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 playing with all the the amazing games that I may have forgot about. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the UI. Um, we've all seen that Steam Steam Deck runs SteamOS 3.0. Uh, that was recently leaked. Now, when people hear me say that, there's going to be some people who, especially the people who like to tweak things, who are like, oh, I'm going to try it out. You're going to download. Don't download it. First <laughs> off, it may contain malware. Right. Okay. Secondly, you know, people are going to say, well, I'll download it, but I'll just run it in like a VM solution. Don't do that if you're going to sign in with your Steam account, because again, all if it has malware, all of your credentials could get stolen that way. So here's my PSA. Just look at the screenshots that I'm going to put on the screen here in a minute instead <laughs> of downloading it yourself because you may end up regretting that. Right. Uh, but we've got a, a tweet here from Pavel uh, Jundik, I'm going to say, and I probably pronounced that wrong. And if that's the case, Pavel, I apologize. Uh, but they tweeted out Steam Deck UI is basically the desktop library, just reformatted a bit. I have to say, I was always a fan of uh, Steam Big Picture Mode. Right. I was always a fan of it. I thought it looked really good. As time went on, 
you know, there were parts of it that irritated me. And then there's parts of it that I liked, okay, they could tweak this. They could fix this. Looking at this, because all we've ever seen is just like little animations, just a tiny little bit of this. This looks great. I think it looks really, really nice. It does. Um, very clean, um, less... I can't think what's the word I'm looking for where it's not like it's, it's not over the top. What am I trying to say? Do you know what I'm trying to say, uh, Lloyd? I, I I do, but I can't think of what the, how to describe that. But yeah, like you see in a lot of different uh, consoles or UIs where everything is um, there's like nice rounded corners everywhere and everything is kind of set apart and you have to go into the enhanced settings to to get to any sort of the meat of what you want to get at this looks like it's all laid out um intelligently so it's similar to what you'd see if you're going to your your steam client and you go to a game uh you have kind of like this little menu on the left where you can play the game but then it also takes a lot of the stuff that would just be on that huge web page sometimes and puts them into their own little sections so things like achievements are now their own section your friends that are playing are their own section instead of just showing up um basically lower in the page so that you don't have to keep scrolling down to see all this information so it's Mm -hmm. a it's a really really smart way that they designed it um the first screenshot that um pavel shared with the recent games list i love it how you have like your your the first game has a huge icon and then everything is just kind of like box art all, all the way to the side um i i I really, really like what they did here. It's super simple. It looks a lot better than um, the, the the big picture mode did um, from when I've used it back in the day. Uh, it just seems, I don't know, it just seems seems like something Nintendo would put out. Like from like kind of uh, uh, everything makes sense. Everything is uh, where you think it should be. And it looks really good. Although lately Nintendo really hasn't put a lot of thought into uh, making, no. their, making their UI uh, usable. Um, maybe Apple. Well, let's say Apple, but everyone that's uh, listening to this podcast that's a PC gamer is going to be really mad at me for saying that. But it just looks like a, a UI that was designed by people that design UIs, uh, not not developers that are just trying to get their stuff uh, out into the world. So I, I really dig it. It, uh, it makes me more excited to check out my deck when it, uh, when it arrives quarter one. I will say that there's one, like in the third picture... Uh, that definitely needs to be tweaked. Yeah. They're showing off Death Death Loop, and then in the right hand side, it's a, it says Death Loop is a next gen FPS, and it's almost like One each word, word is on its own line. <laughs> right. And I'm like, that single player, multiplayer achievements and full controller support on the right hand side should be someplace else, yep. either either higher or lower. The developer, publisher, franchise release date, all of that stuff should be put someplace else so that 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 paragraph that is now like an eye chart of vertical <laughs> ridiculousness that needs to be fixed. But other than that, I really think all of the UI stuff, and I know people are like, who cares about the UI? I just want to launch a game. Yeah. A bad UI is a bad experience. Whenever I use big picture mode and I accidentally go over to the browser, I'm like, <laughs> crap, how do I get back? I can't remember. Um, it, it's just, you got to have a good UI in order to have a good experience because otherwise you're going to hit like speed bumps along the way and it's going to drive you crazy. Yep. Small things that will drive you crazy and you'll get used to them, but it's better if you don't have those little speed bumps. 100%. The The last screenshot that was shared out is the storage manager. I was kind of wondering how you'd manage your games, but it looks like you go to storage in your settings and there's going to be tabs for every drive that is attached to your device and you can 
uh, see what's installed on drive P like Phoenix drive P. So you must have like a, a terabyte USB drive plugged right into the top of, of the, the deck that this uh, person is using. Uh, all the games are showing up, uh, their install size, what, 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 is taking up what so your games are using 690 uh, gigs uh your dlc is using 46 gigs uh, other stuff is 128 gigs so you can kind of see what's uh what's using what just similar to like an iphone or or an apps uh, or an android phone these days where you can kind of see what is chewing up all of your storage really really smart and i love the fact that there's going to be multiple tabs as well so if you have multiple drives hooked up in a like a usb enclosure or through some sort of hub you'll be able to address and manage each of them separately uh just smart smart again it this is exactly how i'd want to manage stuff on my device and it looks like it's going to be uh really well done here absolutely and it shows like uh you can look at your games and it you can sort them by how how big they are so you can say all right sort by the big ones and then i'm going to look and say oh well i haven't played uh, Borderlands 3 in two months, I'm going to go ahead and uninstall that and free up 130 gigs of space. <laughs> right. I always say that managing storage on it, it is a game on its own, which is why things like GeForce yeah. Now and Stadia and Luna and uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming are so appealing because you don't have to deal with that, but you also have to have an internet connection right. in order to play those. Uh, so, you know, there's always there's the, there's the pluses and then there's the minuses, and it's cool to have a device that has all of the pluses and all of the minuses, and you get to pick which pluses and which minuses that you want to deal with, which is really, really awesome. Yep. yep. All right, let's move on to our last story for today, and that is uh, this one <laughs> comes to us from GamesBeat. You just talked about this. Like For those of you that missed it, Lloyd put out an entire video all about retro games on the Steam Deck. If you haven't watched that video, go watch that video. Do us a favor. Uh, you know, make sure you like this one and then like that one and subscribe <laughs> and turn on the bell and all the other YouTube stuff, all the other YouTube garbage people ask you to do. Uh, but once you're done with that, then you can come back and listen to this. But Steam Deck killer app just <laughs> launched on the Steam store, and that is RetroArch. And, and, or uh, RetroArch. I don't know how to say it. Arc. You just made a whole video about this. Talk <laughs> about why this is a big deal, Lloyd. Yeah, so RetroArch, uh, long uh, running project to get uh, one front end to rule them all for all the emulators. So you, you run RetroArch. Uh, it loads uh, a core based on what you're playing. If it's an NES ROM, if it's a Super NES ROM, if it's a MAME game, it'll load the appropriate core and then fire up the game um so basically retroarch was on steam for a while now but it was in kind of early access um you would have to sign up for the play test and you would immediately get approved for the play test and you could download it but it wasn't official official launching software or releasing software but it is now it's version 1.0 you can just go click download it's not this crazy opt-in thing that you have to do anymore uh, and what this means is that anybody that downloads a Steam Deck is going to be able to download an emulator without having to go through any sort of like side loading and going through the browser and installing file uh, file transfer apps, like any sort of craziness that anyone's ever had to do with their Android device, say, to get emulators running on it. Bill's putting up his hand. You don't have to do that on this device. RetroArch will download. You put your ROMs on a USB key. Boom. There you go. You'll be able to play all of your retro games and arcade stuff. I love emulation. You can see behind me, I'm a big fan of retro stuff. I love my Evercade. I love all my old stuff. I buy 
cartridges these days to to store on a shelf and then I just play the ROMs because I don't even know why I buy the cartridges to put on a shelf when I don't need to because I own all these games in digital versions across all these different game collections. Uh, but I still do it because I love retro games. And when I saw the deck uh, the first unveiled, I'm like, oh my god, getting MAME running on that, getting Super Nintendo running on that, uh, being able to use Bluetooth controllers that look like a Super Nintendo uh, maybe would be fantastic because I have the uh, the Nintendo um, Bluetooth Super Nintendo controller and the NES controllers. So I'm thinking of uh, ways that I can hook those up and, and use it here. A lot of the kind of heavy lifting that you would have to do to get all this stuff working, you won't have to do anymore because of RetroArch. So um, people are like, yeah, RetroArch's been around forever. Yep, it has. Uh, it's been around for many, many years. But this is going to make uh, using emulation on your Steam Deck uh, a lot easier. And we're not talking about Proton emulation, which is an emulation. We're talking about actual emulators this time. So don't get mad in the comments below. <laughs> get mad. It's fine. <laughs> uh, get mad for the algorithm. Yeah. All right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I'm super excited about this because the thing is, is that it requires no, no side nonsense. Yeah. Like it just is going to work, which is what I always want my device to do. I want my device to just work. I bought this thing a while back, the Pocket Go. It, it was awesome, really, really awesome. And I, I, I had not played it for a while, and now it won't turn on. Uh, <laughs> of course, it was it was forty dollars. So, or I think it was forty dollars. It was super cheap. Like this thing was incredibly cheap, and it ran a bunch of different ROMs. Um, but like, it's unreliable. Uh, right. probably because I paid $40 for it. You know what I mean? The idea that I can do this all on one device earlier when Lloyd was talking and I put my hand up, I am that guy who like, I like, like I said before, I like steam big picture mode. I like having a controller focused front end. I like having one place where I go to launch games. And so I used to try and get like BSNES launching through Steam so I could go into uh, Steam and say, oh, I want to play Super Mario Brothers 3 or whatever. I guess that would not be on BSNES. That would be on Nestopia or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I would I would want to play uh, Mario Brothers 3. And I like I went through and I added all of my favorite retro games to Steam and went out and I found like um, icons that I could put into Steam and all of this extra workaround nonsense. And now I don't have to do any of that. I can just load up RetroArch or RetroArch, however you want to say it, potato, <laughs> tomato. And uh, I can just load it up and launch the game and be all set. And I don't yeah. have to do cartwheels and backflips in order to get things to work. That is really cool. And yeah. it just makes this device which was already super appealing, even more appealing to me. 100%. And I, and I understand people in the chat are gonna, or in the comments below are going to say, it's going to be easy to put stuff. You just have to put it on a USB key, run this command, make a shortcut, blah, 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 blah. I 100% understand that it is easy. Gonna, that it is going to be easy. <laughs> it's exactly what I was going to say. I, I don't <laughs> want to do that, at, at least not initially. I'm sure I'm going to be doing some tweaking down the road. And there's going to be um, like a large portion of the potential consumer base for this device that probably doesn't want to do that they don't want to find which emulator runs on arc linux and and which one will work and where do i put it and how do i get it to load having retroarch at just in the steam store is going to be huge for that type of stuff 
Absolutely. All right. That's it for episode five of On Deck. If you listened to this in your favorite podcast player, let us know on Twitter. I'm at RunJumpStomp. Lloyd is at Dasme. That's D-A-S-M-E. And then head on over to our YouTube channel, which is NerdNest.TV. Or you can just go to YouTube and type in NerdNest. We're the one that have two N's as a logo. Uh, head on over there, subscribe, click the bell, all the YouTube garbage. And leave a comment down below for the algorithm because it really does help. Like the video because it really does help. And if you want to listen to the show on the go without having to look at our our, our faces, without having to look at Lloyd's baby face now that he shaved <laughs> his beard off, um, you can do that too in your favorite podcasting app. Just look for On Deck or head on over to... I don't know. Look at the link in the description <laughs> because I wasn't able to get the URL that I wanted. You know what, Lloyd? Can you do nerdnest.tv slash on deck? I can. I'll set that up right after this recording. There you go. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Lloyd, yeah. play us out, man. Do you know what I'm looking forward to, Bill? What? Listening to on deck on my deck. I can't wait for that. So, Valve, can you, can you <laughs> send us one so we can test if our podcast works? Is that is that what a dev kit's for? No, probably not. That anyway. That is, yeah. Well, I could go to YouTube and 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 listen to it, or go to our website and listen to it. Yes, we need to Great we idea. need to test that out, Val. Send us a couple if you could. Just kidding. Anyway, thanks everybody. Bye, everybody. We'll talk to you next time here on on deck.